We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs. TJ Inman will be along with us shortly. Welcome to Old Oaken Bucket Week as Indiana is getting ready to take on Purdue. After a narrow loss up at Michigan, Indiana fell to the number four Wolverines 31-20. to I will touch on that game uh, and everything that happened up in Ann Arbor. And then we'll get down nitty-gritty. Uh, against Purdue with a bowl on the line in the old game for the uh, second year in a row. Indiana and Purdue come into this game at 5-6, needing a win to go bowl eligible. Indiana did a win to get bowl eligible four years in a row heading into this game. So the the stakes are high. The players know it. The coaches know it. Uh, and I can't believe the end of the season is, is almost here. TJ, how are you on this chilly, damp evening uh, here in Indianapolis? Yeah, doing great. Uh, excited for, for Thanksgiving and, of course, fired up for, for the bucket. Yeah, it's uh, season. It goes by so quickly. It's felt like it's it's flown by outside of that open week. But Indiana is sitting at 5-6 and six, uh, coming up there. Before we get to the bucket, let's, let's touch upon – Indiana's game up at Michigan, uh, a, a 31-20 yep. defeat against the number four Wolverines. The big, uh, the the big noise out of Ann Arbor was uh, the Michigan fans, Michigan players thought Indiana were taking cheap shots uh, at Michigan all game. Uh, you know, you know, both sides uh, were getting a little chippy after the play. Stepniak had his ankle stepped on by Chase Winovich. Uh, and then Stepniak took a, you know, finished his block, so to speak, uh, against Chase Winovich. He ended up leaving the game and is questionable against Ohio State uh, this coming up week. And then a, another play clearing a pile, which he got flagged on, which I thought was the right call right after, uh, right after putting Winovich in the ground. But it, that, that was a play that. You knew that the fans, 110,000 people were booing, booing the referees. And we all know Big Ten referees are going to throw the flag right after that, looking for something, anything uh, to penalize Indiana yeah. as driving down the field. And, and Simon Stepniak has to know that even if, if God forbid, he sneezed on the person, uh, they were going to fl- throw a flag on that. And, you know, he hit the guy late uh, near the pile, and, and, and you can't do that. Uh, and then Cam Jones is called for targeting uh, later in the game on a kickoff. And I, I really hope Berkeley Edwards is okay. And, and it seems like he, he is. He tweeted from, I, I guess, the hospital or from wherever he was. 
on on Sunday saying that, you know, his head still hurt, but he was doing much better. So that's good news. But as far as that targeting goes, you know, he did lower his head and, and the crown of the helmet is no longer just the top part of your head. Um, it is, uh, it is also, you know, the, the top of the face mask on up and he did hit him, but he did extend it and it, it was a big hit uh, and a hit. They're probably trying to get out of that game on a, on a kick return. And unfortunately it knocked, uh, it knocked, it knocked the guy out. I, I thought it was a soft targeting call in, in terms of that's the hit you're penalizing, but uh, it is what it is, and the biggest loss is that he's now out. Cam Jones is now out for the first half against the uh, By no means do I think Indiana played a totally clean game. Holier-than-thou Michigan fans on their high high horse uh, to stop. Um, <laughs> they need to stop because your team wasn't uh, uh, clean either. Uh, just glad nobody else got seriously hurt. And uh, – and they can move on. Tom Allen said that Simon Stepniak is, is they're handling it internally. Uh, there is, you know, he'll probably run after practice uh, for what he did, uh, but he's not going to apologize for playing tough. And, and to me, this is uh, Michigan fans uh, and, and players getting hit in the nose and not liking it. Nobody likes to get hit in the face. Uh, and maybe except some boxers or whatever, but nobody likes getting hit in the face. And they're not used to it. And Indiana came out with aggressive, hit Michigan in the nose, and 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 that's that. But as far as the game goes, I, I thought Indiana played energetic. It looks like after that open week, uh, Indiana has uh, a, a renewed sense of energy. Uh, it seems like Tom Allen's speech has uh, injected some life into this team, and. It, it was a spirited fight up in Ann Arbor, ultimately a loss for the uh, 52nd consecutive year up in Ann Arbor. Not 52 in a row, but they haven't won up there since 1967. Uh, so it's I, – I thought they played well. Steve Scott ran the ball well outside of the ball. The offensive line played really well in run blocking. The pass protection, you know, Ramsey had no shot. Uh, most of the night uh, getting set up in the pocket. When he did, he threw a simple ball, threw one pick. Uh, he ran the ball as, as, as well as I thought, um, as well as he has all year. And I thought that was a big factor. And if he could do that, he looks healthy. If he could do that, it adds so much to this offense. Defensively, Indiana, uh, they gave up yards, another game over 500 yards, but they – they stopped them in the red zone, held them to six field goals. Uh, they stuffed them on a on a red zone try to end the half on a really really nice tackle by uh, Devin Matthews, and then uh, just allowed the one touchdown. So if you go back and say maybe Michigan scores half of those touchdowns, and you know you're talking about a game that's uh, 42 to 20 or or um, even more lopsided. So that Indiana defense is, is bend don't break. Uh, they're dealing with a lot of. Youth you see that youth, James Miller, is playing well, a reserve linebacker is a true freshman and, and all that. So what are your thoughts coming out of the game, uh, TJ? Well, you know, uh, in my opinion, Indiana played as physical of a game as I can remember them playing. Uh, I thought they played um, – 
played with much more of a purpose on defense. I thought the tackling was, uh, while not perfect, I thought it was much better than what we saw against Maryland. Um, and I would well, just like to point out that, uh, you know, perhaps, you know, yeah, well, perhaps we should, uh, you know, give the Maryland offense a little bit more credit um, than what we did coming out of that Maryland game, particularly uh, Anthony McFarland, who uh, followed up his stellar performance against IU with uh, just, uh, you know, nearly record-setting performance against um, the uh, Ohio State defense. I mean, he he torched them even worse than he did Indiana. Um, yeah. Now, that does not excuse IU's poor tackling in that game. I, I don't care who they were going against. They did not tackle very well uh, against Maryland, and, and it wasn't perfect against Michigan. Uh, but it was better. It was an improvement. It was a big step in the right direction. And from a strictly um, physical standpoint, I thought that IU had, uh, you know, kind of the the exact mindset you want to have uh, repeated this Saturday. Um, I thought that the offense, you know, the, I think the line did a very good job um, protecting Peyton Ramsey against one of the nation's best defensive uh, and really doing a good job opening up holes for Stevie Scott. Uh, there were very few negative plays, which was a big plus. Um, you know, the, the biggest negative play that stands out just in my mind in the running game was, I thought, more on the play call, uh, a, a kind of a confusing option play uh, that was run um, that blew up in IU's face. I, I thought that you know, that was more on the play call than it was the line. I thought when the line was asked to block uh, for Stevie Scott, they did a really good job, and, and Stevie had himself a, a really nice showcase game um, and setting himself up as, as Indiana's uh, all-time best freshman season So uh, for a running back. Um, you know, definitely a not just a promising bright future for him, but um, kudos to Mike Hart for the work he's done with him. And kudos to Stevie Scott for uh, for the the season he's had, and hopefully will continue to have on Saturday uh, against Purdue. Um, you know, I thought I agree with you. Ramsey's running was was a positive. Hope to see more of that. Um, definitely seemed to catch Michigan off guard. And then you know, IU when they took shots down the field, it, it went pretty well against the secondary. That you know, I said in my preview. I don't think it's an overly talented Michigan secondary. Uh, I think their corners are very physical, and I think when they get away with it downfield, um, you know, they're they're very good. Uh, but I think that there are opportunities for uh, either speedy receivers or just big physical targets to overwhelm them. Um, that's just the nature of, of the position in college. I, I just don't think there are – um, hardly any secondaries in the country, if any, that are capable of standing up to really good receivers uh, when the quarterback gives those really good receivers a chance. And I thought that uh, when Indiana's receivers were given a chance down the field, they usually made the play. Um, Would have liked to see a little bit more of that, but honestly, that's nitpicking. I thought that uh, I thought IU did pretty much everything you could have asked them to do against Michigan. Uh, where there are a couple opportunities missed. It could have given IU a chance to win that game. Yeah, there were, but overall I thought IU played uh, played a very good game. Uh, credit to Michigan for, for doing enough to get the win. 
uh, ultimately somewhat comfortably for them. It wasn't a game that you really ever felt like IU was going to win, uh, but you know, it also wasn't a game that felt like it was getting out of hand either. So the Hoosiers, uh, I thought, you know, coming out of that one, we were worried about IU uh, being beat up both mentally and physically. Um, you know, if they went to Ann Arbor, got shellacked, or, uh, you know, had a bunch of guys that uh, that had to leave the game due to injury. Uh, as far as we know, uh, Indiana comes out of it healthy. Um, you know, as healthy as they were when they went into it anyway. And they come out of it, uh, I would think, kind of a renewed uh, or increased level of confidence heading into the critical bucket game on Saturday. Yeah, and, and they're supposed to get Raekwon Jones back, um, although Tom yeah. Allen has said that. he, But he was emphatic uh, about getting him back this week, and, and it sounds like they'll get him back, which will help be the linebacking core. And, and the last thought on but, Michigan is – Speaking, speaking of the linebacking core, I, I do want to point out before we move on from it, uh, I thought Micah McFadden played a fantastic game in Ann Arbor um, for a freshman linebacker that has had quite a bit of playing time but has not been a you know an every down regular by any means. Um, you know, I thought that Micah went up there and, and really made a statement uh, about the kind of career he could have at Indiana. Um, he is not the most athletic guy, uh, but he's not slow. I mean, uh, he, he gets to the ball. Uh, he's, he has very good instincts. And, and I think he's a, a very physical player that I, I don't know this for sure by any means. I'm not a tackling expert, but it seems to me like of all the linebackers, uh, Mike McFadden, might be the guy that I feel most secure about making an open field tackle if he's one on one. Yeah, and he's and, been and a, I, a real elevation on on defense too. Yeah, I very very impressed with his play, and I wanted to point that out before we moved on because uh, I I think that guy could be uh, a real force on Indiana's defense for the next three seasons. Yeah, he's been really good this season. I, I did think he got banged up in that game, but. Uh, they should get him back. Um, they yeah. got banged up against uh, Maryland, and they got him back. So got a club, right? Let, yeah, let's uh, let's get let's get back to to, to the bucket game. Um, and, and this yep. is a game that I know personally. I've been waiting for a year to cover again after after last year. Talking to the players today at Media Monday, it's been on their mind uh, since since this time last year. Uh, it's been on Tom Allen's mind. There are daily reminders uh, for Indiana everywhere about that they lost to Purdue last year. Purdue ended their season, kept them from a bowl game, uh, you know, just basically, you know, put, put them in the dark for the rest of the season. Purdue goes on, wins the bowl game, or the talk of the Big Ten uh, and, and everything that way, and, and Indiana has a chip on their shoulder this year to, to defend home turf, get the go to bowl game while simultaneously ending Purdue's season, uh, maybe even ending the Jeff Brom era in at Purdue, and uh, and getting a leg up on in on the recruiting trail, uh, and uh, you know whatever happens with Jeff Brom if he goes to Louisville, Purdue's again 
going to take a step back uh, in terms of, you know, momentum. Now it depends on who they hire, but it's, uh, you're, mm-hmm. you, you know, it's you're back to almost square one uh, in terms of building a, a program and some momentum. So a uh, huge, huge game in Bloomington. Tickets are still available. It's a noon kickoff on Saturday. It's going to be televised on ESPN2, uh, which I, I think is, I, I like ESPN a lot better than Fox, uh, based on what people have said on Twitter on the Fox broadcast. But um, in the radio booth on Saturday, Buck Soar, who is the analyst for IU's radio uh, video game uh, for football games, uh, said something really interesting about how it, you don't really get the meaning of the trophy until it gets taken from you. And that's something I asked players uh, today about was, you know, does that resonate with you? Does that, you know, hit home? Did you take for granted that you had the bucket, uh, especially the seniors who had it for four years, uh, that they thought, oh, we could just go in there and, and beat Purdue and, and just keep the bucket. And, and it did. And Jonathan Crawford uh, was very candid about it, said I didn't realize the significance of this game really until last year when he beat us and how angry he was and how that, bitter taste in, in their mouths, it still hasn't left. And they're going to take that, uh, follow it up, and, and, and go out and, and take their frustrations out on Purdue, uh, hopefully. But this is, it's, you know, these games make the rivalry fun. There's a lot on the line for both squads. You know, if, if Purdue wins, they maybe send Brom out on a high note, uh, find somebody, go to bowl game, maybe keep that re- recruiting class together. Uh, and then for Indiana, this is, it, it is a monster, um, a, a very, very important uh, milestone as a program. I, a win here, you get six wins after everybody wrote them off uh, after the loss at uh, to Iowa, after the loss at Minnesota, everybody was done with this team. Uh, you know, several outlets wrote that the season was over. Just pack it up. Uh, Tom, uh, Tom Allen. Now, I, I did put Tom Allen on the hot seat, but it wasn't – I didn't think he would get panned, but it was – he needed to do some things uh, to, to really solidify his position at at, at IU. And it clicked in the, in the uh, during the open week. And it, it, he's been more aggressive. They faked that punt, which I like to see. But, you know, maybe his attitude has changed a little bit. Everybody had this team written off after the loss to Iowa and the loss to Minnesota. And, and just to come back, if they win this six game, go to a bowl game, you got 15 extra practices, which is huge for all these young players. You talk about the, the 55 uh, freshmen, true and redshirt freshmen on this team. Uh, those 55 practices are going to go far. And then you have big recruiting weekends. Signing day is, I believe, December 19th. You have big recruiting weekends during that uh, during that December period where if you get recruits on campus and they get to see a practice, it goes a lot further uh, than just bringing them in, bringing them to a basketball game, showing them the facilities. Uh, if they could go watch a practice, see these guys coach, see these young players play uh, and things like that, it goes a long way. And then, of course, you know, playing an extra an extra game, having a chance to get a winning season, 
uh, win a bowl game for the first time, I think, in 26 years. Uh, it, it's when Tom Allen's first media day in Chicago, he said is that's what he wanted. His goals are you have a chance to check off two of those goals, uh, winning season and, and a, uh, and a bowl win uh, could be two of those marks uh, that you check off, but it all starts on Saturday. They have to come out uh, on fire. They cannot start the bucking like they did last year where the team just, they, they, the moment looked too big for them. They, uh, to an early pick uh, on that first drive, way down. Purdue was up seven nothing before you could blink. Uh, raced out, I think, to a thirty. It was either a twenty four seven or uh, lead twenty four seven, twenty four ten at halftime. And you know, Purdue never really was back. Now the final score was thirty one twenty four, but that game was it, it seemed over for much of the day. And now Indiana has a chance to turn the tables and. It, you, you couldn't ask for a more important game uh, in recent IU history. Absolutely. I mean, I, I you know, it's all on the table. Um, from a schematic standpoint, uh, starting early and starting fast, like you said, um, you know, that's important not just for Indiana, but uh, it's a big barometer for David Blau as well. So far this season, it, it just seems like when he is unable to get into rhythm early, it turns into a long day for the Purdue offense. Um, so that that's a big one. And I think it's going to be very important for Indiana to uh, bring pressure on Blau, make him uncomfortable. Uh, if you allow him to get comfortable in the pocket, he's accurate and good enough that he is going to pick you apart. Uh, and they obviously have dangerous weapons. Rondell Moore, of course, one that everybody knows about. Uh, you know, Isaac Zico is a, a player that, has had a very nice senior season for them, a bit up and down, but he's very capable of uh, particularly getting those deep balls and stretching the field. Uh, one matchup that I'm concerned about as an Indiana fan, uh, Bryson Hopkins, their tight end that um, you know reminds me a lot of, uh, of Noah Fant in terms of his athleticism. Um, I do think that they use Hopkins a lot better than Iowa has been able to use Fant so far this season. Um, and I think that uh, Indiana has done a very good job against tight ends this season. Uh, Zach Gentry had a nice game against the Hoosiers last week. Um, And, uh, you know, Hopkins hitting Indiana down the seam is something that I know Purdue's going to be looking for. So it's important for Indiana to watch out for that. Uh, And then, you know, just limiting Rondell Moore, you're not going to totally shut him down. uh, But finding a way to limit his big plays, uh, surrounding him and tackling him in the open field, you know, don't let those five and ten yard plays turn into you know seventy yard touchdowns. Uh, if he gets into open space, he's very capable of making that happen. So, you know, the first man slowing him down, keeping him up, uh, and allowing or getting him down immediately, obviously, is ideal. But at the very least slowing him down and letting more guys rally to the ball and getting him down. That's the key there. Uh, DJ Knox is a good running back uh, and a player that Indiana is going to have to, again, uh, have sure tackling on him. Um, On the other side of the ball, uh, Purdue's run defense has really collapsed here in the past few weeks. Uh, They have uh, Minnesota carved them up. And Wisconsin, I mean, Jonathan Taylor had an absolute field day. 
300 plus yards and that was you know he didn't need just overtime to to pile those things up he was good against them all day now Wisconsin and Minnesota are two very good running teams uh, but I think Indiana is capable of having a very nice day on the ground Stevie Scott uh, and what I hope to see uh, is more of the Peyton Ramsey that we saw you know running those effective quarterback draws where the uh, the receivers clear out the middle of the field and Ramsey's able to pick up big yards up the middle. Uh, and I, I continue to think that getting the ball to Reese Taylor, for him to be able to make plays in the open field, um, is something that this Indiana offense has just chosen for whatever reason, and I'm sure there's a good one. I just don't know what it is uh, not tapping into. I, I It just has not made sense to me. Uh, and I, I would love to see him hurt Purdue uh, because I think that the plays will be there for IU to make. Um, and then I, uh, Purdue's secondary is not bad, uh, but I, I do think that without uh, their safety, Jacob Thieneman, uh without him in there, um, Purdue has really struggled on defense, and he will not play against Indiana. It'll be his third straight game miss. He missed Minnesota. He missed Wisconsin. Uh they called him the captain, or not the not the captain, but the quarterback of the defense prior to him going out. Uh, they've certainly looked like a defense without a leader out there. They've been really bad the last two weeks. I'm sure they'll uh, they'll play better on Saturday. Um, I don't expect Indiana to just be able to march up and down the field, but um, I do think that IU's offense will be able to have a nice day. Uh, now, something that I, I hope continue to see is the aggressiveness from the Hoosiers. Uh, Do not come into this game thinking how huge of a game it is and how important it is to not have mistakes early and just play it safe. You have got to attack, and that means getting the ball deep to Westbrook, Timian, Donovan Hale, Ty Freifogel. Get those guys an opportunity to make plays, and I think they will. They've done that most of the season. When Indiana has given them a chance, they have made those plays. You know, do that, mix that in with your consistent running by Stevie Scott, and I think the Hoosiers will have a nice day on offense. On defense, I fully expect IU to give up a lot of yards to Purdue. It's a good offensive team. But corral Rondell Moore and prevent him from getting those huge plays. Just keep him to having a good day instead of an outstanding day. Keep that from happening. Uh, prevent Bryson Hopkins from burning you consistently, uh, you know, up the seam, and get to David Blau and prevent him from being comfortable. I think IU can do a good enough job of preventing Purdue from scoring in the red zone. That's been what IU has been effective at these past two weeks, and it's why they were competitive against Michigan, and it is absolutely why they beat Maryland. Prevent Purdue from scoring touchdowns Field goals are not going to beat you in this game. So force Purdue into field goals and then continue to be aggressive on offense uh, and just go into the game having the mindset that this Purdue defense is there for the taking if you can pound them on the ground. And I think IU's offensive line needs to come in with the mindset that they will be the best unit on the field that day and make it happen. Uh, and, I, you know, it's all it's all there for the taking. It really is. And, um if Indiana, I mean, you really think about it. If Indiana is able to beat Purdue, take the bucket back, uh, reach a bowl game, 
Um, while you look at all the things they've gone through this season, Morgan Ellison doesn't play at all. Cole Guest barely plays. Uh, Michael Penix, who a lot of people before the season were fully expecting to take over as quarterback, uh, he doesn't play much. And then as soon as he starts to play and you really get excited about it, he's out for the year. Uh, you look at those offensive weapons that have been lost during the season, and if you can find a way to get to a bowl game, uh, I think you look at that as a, a success of a season. And anyone that, that is going to nitpick it, say otherwise, say what's deserved or not deserved, I don't think is living in reality of, of college football or life as it is in the big cities. Yeah, and you know, it- you hate to look at it as you're automatically starting the year on four, but if you take those, um, the four, especially this year, because I mean, Penn State, Penn State, Michigan State are, were, they were beatable this year. I'm not, you know, we don't want to make it sound like that they were just unbeatable forces. Um, but look, they're, they're better teams than Indiana is. That's, that's reality. Those are not games Indiana should have won. So, you know, I, I, you just have to be realistic about that. Yeah, and on any given year, you could just pencil those in as four losses. So you're asking again, yeah. six and two, the rest of the way, yeah. uh, at minimum, I get bowl eligible. Uh, bowl eligible this year. You, you know, you look at, at um, Indiana's opponents. Uh, Virginia is a seven-win team. They're a couple plays away from uh, being in the. Eight- Tie game after losing to uh, Georgia Tech last week. FU needs a win and some help to, to be in the conference USA uh, in the conference USA title game. Uh, so you look at they beat, you know, outside of Ball State, those two two teams are pretty good teams. So you know, you go if you go six and two the rest of the way uh, outside. It's a pretty uh, pretty big accomplishment uh, for this mm-hmm. team in the event than to get seven uh, with, with the bowl game. And, and this is has been to 11 bowl games in 131 years. So that is less than 10% of the time. And uh, fans need to maybe that drilled in their head a little bit uh, in terms of just how important it is to get to a bowl game uh, and, and make it three out of three out of four years and just look at, at these seasons, not as just individual, not just as individual seasons, uh, but as seasons uh, that you could piece together and block together. And, you know, maybe three out of four becomes four out of five, five out of six, six out of seven, uh, maybe seven out of nine and eight out of 10 and things like that. And it, it starts, it starts on Saturday and you, got to you got to get that sixth win and you got to get it's this is a, a huge game and um you know your fans got to show up now ticket sales at least online don't look great uh, some ticket sales had you know it's picked up since last week uh but there are plenty of open seats right now at memorial stadium you look at last year producing the same boat same thing uh, although the weather is, was probably much better last year than it looks this year, uh, they sold out that place and they, they were ready to go. So IU fans who 
are staying home, not buying tickets. There's a two-fun deal uh, going on saying, oh, you know, they're not winning. You're playing to a bowl game, which everybody's been complaining about uh, for the last 10 years. Oh, we don't go to bowl games. Okay, well, then, well, the Detroit Bowl is not good enough. It's, you know, it's time to put up or shut up. You're either a team or you're not, and it's uh, it's ride-or-die time when it comes to fans. And I, I get the frustration. I understand it. Um, I'm a fan of the teams. I love the Jets, and I love the Knicks, and I get it. I understand how frustrating it is to, to root for bad products on the field and on the court. But if the Knicks were in the playoffs – and there were open seats, so the Jets made it enough to remain the Colts. I'm, I'm going to the game. I'm, you know, watching on TV if it's in the York. Uh, but if they're playing the Pacers, playing the um, somewhere close, I'm going. Uh, and, you know, because it doesn't happen that often. So my challenge to the fans this week is show up, be loud. I know it's Thanksgiving for the students, and hopefully Indiana does the right thing open the dorms up, get some of these local local students uh, to come back on on Saturday, uh, Friday night, Saturday, maybe do something special for the students who come back, uh, and you have a nice student crowd uh, who's loud, and hopefully the alumni base shows up as well. Because if, if the stadium has a crowd like they had against uh, Maryland and, and the, the other games this year, it, it's just a bad look. Uh, optics wise, and, and uh, you know Purdue is is waving in IU's fans' face for a year. Hey, we beat you. We went to a bowl game. We beat Ohio State. We beat Iowa. Well, they also show up, uh, and they showed up before they beat Ohio State. They showed up before they beat IU last year. Uh, they showed up before they beat Iowa, uh, and and uh, they showed up after they lost to Eastern Michigan, and before they knocked three teams this year so uh the challenge is on the fans too you got to take it uh take this game for what it is it's a game now five six and six sure you could say it's mediocre as we touched upon uh tj it's a, a would be a, a huge step in the right direction uh for indiana bridging uh the success and under the last two years of kevin wilson uh to the first two years of, of tom allen and and maybe break that trend of, you know, switching coaching and all that stuff. So, uh, big, big game. I, I think Indiana, you run on the, the red zone defense. If you hold them to field goals, the problem uh, with that was that Indiana let too many drives into the red zone uh, last week. Eight drives yeah. in uh, their 20 and uh, six field goals. So, that's 18 points. Uh, that's just too many points. Uh, he drives inside the red zone. Now they're lucky. Uh, they played well in the red zone. It's been a, a far greater margin of defeat. But uh, you gotta you gotta uh, keep them out. And uh, maybe you see IU play uh, that shell defense that they played against uh, Maryland. Keep everything in front of them. Make tackles. Uh, strip the ball. Get those takeaways. Takeaways. Tom Allen said are going to be huge this week. Uh, because Purdue is a good offense. They're averaging uh, 30 for, uh, slightly over 32 points per game. Uh, they put up 460 yards uh, per game. And uh, 
you got to get the ball back. You got to stop them uh, however you can. And, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully they could do that. Yeah. I, um, I just, you know, I've thought a lot about this one. I haven't really, I didn't focus much on Michigan because I don't have to, you know, I don't have to focus on, you know, every game's, you know, the next game is the most important one because it's, you know, the next one you're playing. I don't have to think that way. Uh, So, you know, the players need to, the coaches need to, we as fans, we don't have to. So I've been thinking about this Purdue game uh, and and focused on that when I've watched every Purdue game this season, Um, you know, not just because I I knew how critical it was going to be for Indiana, but um, just because I I, uh, have a, a vested interest um, in that program just because their success uh, and their their status of the program is so tied uh, to Indiana's within, you know, recruiting battles and fan perception and uh, all that. It, it just makes it for a very interesting follow. Uh, Purdue, I think, is the better team. Uh, I do think Purdue is better uh, on a – just a, a one-game basis than Indiana. That being said, uh, the Purdue that has been on the field for multiple of their games this season uh, certainly has a lower floor than what Indiana does. Um, I'm telling you right now, uh, if the Minnesota that played on the road, or I'm sorry, if the Purdue that played on the road at Minnesota shows up, um, or the Purdue that played at Michigan State shows up, Indiana wins the bucket. Uh, Purdue has not good on the road this season. Um, and it, if that's the Purdue that shows up in Bloomington on Saturday, uh, Indiana is going to beat them, and it, it will be more than a nail-biter. It won't be a blowout, but it would be more than a nail-biter because uh, Purdue was – really bad against Minnesota. Indiana would beat that Purdue by 30 points. Uh, and they were not very good on offense against Michigan State. Actually, they were they were really bad. Um, now, Purdue has a higher ceiling than Indiana does. When Purdue plays really well, uh, I think that they, they're capable of clicking at a level that IU has not this season. Uh, very clearly, that occurred against Ohio State. And it occurred to, to on offense against Iowa. Um so, you know, they're they are a very tough team to figure out and uh I don't think that there is any money to be had predicting this game one way or the other. Um since we always do a prediction on this site or on, on our you know, on our podcast, I'll go ahead and throw one out there. Um look, you know, my uh, I have seen Indiana in this type of game so many times. Um, that it it becomes very hard for me to predict anything other uh, than a heartbreaking defeat. Now, in my heart, I 100% believe Indiana is going to win this game. 100% believe it. In my head, I really have no idea. Uh, After after watching Indiana for every game and watching Purdue for every game, I I really have no clue what's going to happen. I think it is a true 50-50 toss-up that's just going to come down to which team makes those few critical plays on Saturday uh, to get the job done. And I, I, I really don't know. If forced to make a prediction, uh, I will take Indiana to win. 
Um, and I think they do so 31 to 24. And I, I, I think that the weather is going to keep it from being a much higher scoring game. I think we're going to see a lot of yards. I think it's going to be very exciting, very stressful, uh, and that somehow Indiana finds a way to get it done. Uh, but I have zero confidence in that pick, and I, I won't claim to have called anything correctly if it happens to be lucky enough to be right. Um, I just know I'll be I'll be cheering very hard for Indiana, uh, hoping that they, they find a way to get it done. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a really, really entertaining game for the neutrals. And for those that are, um, you know, emotionally invested in this game, I think it's going to be a very stressful Saturday. Yeah, and but that you ask for in college football, you want big games, you want, sure, uh, you you want the big fish on the line. It's going to be stressful. It's going to be. That's what makes sports fun is the the moments where you're anxious and uh, your heart skips a beat when the ball is snapped and that. You know, that silence right before a big play happens, the ball's in the air. That's, you know, that's the high that sports fans are chasing. Um, and it's it's going to be one of those games um, that's, uh, that, that's going to pull heartstrings and, and make you angry and happy and all the emotions uh, in between, um, it, it's really going to be uh, be a really good game. So, uh, going for a prediction, I I know you said that you, you're not in Indiana until until they won again. Well, they won against Maryland, so uh, I guess that yep. that promise was uh, fulfilled uh, fulfilled on that. I, I'm going to take Indiana here. Uh, I'm going to take Indiana. Get here home. Uh, I, I I don't want to copy and say thirty-one twenty-four. Uh, I'm going to go uh, twenty-eight twenty-one, uh, or yeah, twenty-eight twenty-one. If the weather forecast stays as it is with the rain, um, right? Well, you know what? Um, it's going to be a higher scoring game. I'm going to go Indiana thirty-eight, do thirty-one. Uh, in that, it's just you know the offenses uh, produce offenses is too good not to put up points and, and Indiana's running game and produce defense is going to lead Indiana put, to put up uh, points. But because I changed that, it is now going to be a, uh, a, uh, you know, a seven to four game uh, or something crazy like that. But I'll go 38-31 IU. It's, there's a lot of noise surrounding Purdue. You know, Jeff Brom rumors are only going to get louder. Uh, they're coming real crushing loss to Wisconsin. And, and I was yep. texting my fans uh, earlier in the week who said, well, I wish I had Purdue won that game and they wouldn't have as much to play for. But had it been reversed, if Indiana had been on the ropes like that and were up 24-13 and had a 97% chance of winning, uh, we'd all be down on it. We'd go, this season's over. Uh, this team stinks. How can you blow a like that, and the, we have no chance against Purdue. Um, I, I think the last two weeks, the the egg that they dropped up at um, up at at Minnesota, and the the blown lead at at with, uh, against Wisconsin at home, 
uh, to get bowl eligible against a Wisconsin team who's not that good this year, uh, playing with a, yeah. a backup quarterback and uh, and uh, letting them come back like they did. Uh, you can just – and it goes both ways. You can only take so many punches uh, before – before you give up and, and you know if if Brom is going to Louisville nobody knows because they're not going to wait around if if Dan Dockage's tweet was accurate that he'll be announced as the head coach at Louisville on uh, a week from today then who knows what the players know they have you know I, I it's just there's a lot of noise going against Purdue and if Indiana starts fast and this is a, a, one of the keys uh, we'll put in in writing this week is one of the keys is to to get out to a fast start and and put the dagger in them early, and if you could get up a couple, you know, a, a score or two early and, and take their will, um, how much fight Purdue has is, is beyond me. Now that they, they might very well fight back, uh, and and a cornered wounded animal is the most dangerous. But the last two weeks, I was very interested see how Purdue came out last week and it took them a while to get going it, it looked like and, and then to just not finish the game uh, how they wanted to is uh, it's just if I was a Purdue fan I'd be a little bit worried about where mentally this team is at but after getting mm-hmm. uh, the doors blown off at Minnesota uh, the week before so uh, I'll take Indiana 38 Purdue 31 and then we'll see uh, we'll see where they uh, slot us in, in the bowl season and hopefully send us out west uh, because uh, I can't uh, th- that trip's right. too expensive. Uh, but anyway, it's going to be a fun week. We have a For lot you of and every other IU fan. Oh yeah, it is it's so and it's, yeah. it's, it's super expensive. And then you have the national title game there. It's just ridiculous. But uh, a lot of great content this week uh, coming out on the bucket game. It's the final week of the regular season. I can't believe it's already here, uh, but in, enjoy it. It's my message to, to Indiana fans. It's my message to Indi- Indiana fans last week. Enjoy it. Soak it up. It's, you know, 11 bowls in 130 years. Now you're doing it for the fourth straight year uh, where bowl is on the line uh, in the final week of the year. So uh, enjoy Enjoy the holiday Thanksgiving. Get ready for some of these rivalry games on Thursday night, Friday night, uh, Saturday, and and just enjoy the final regular season football. Absolutely, yep, definitely, and uh, you know, hope everyone has a has a happy Thanksgiving and uh, enjoys the uh, multiple sporting events that are on, um, you know, this week and Thursday and Friday certainly. And then, uh, obviously, for, for Indiana football fans, the main event of uh, Saturday. But uh, regardless of, of how that turns out, I just want to thank everyone for listening to us this season. And, uh, you know, we'll be, uh, we'll be back on the podcast, uh, success or failure, uh, on Monday, hopefully to have a, a jubilant podcast. And, and if not, to attempt and I re- to uh, dissect a uh, a poor um, very poor, sad sack podcast on on Monday. I I don't want to even think about that show. So hopefully, hopefully it's a good one because that'll be a real rough one if they drop this game on Saturday. Yeah, we'll do it Irish Wake style uh, for those who partake in that. Yeah, 
uh, and that stuff. We'll uh, we'll do it Irish wake style. Uh, either have a, have a celebration on, on Monday or, or just you know a, a toast to the parted. Uh, but anyway, I, I do want to thank all our readers this year of record-setting year in terms of readership, uh, and thank you guys enough. It, it makes our job a lot easier knowing people like what we read. Uh, and the comments and feedback have been uh, fantastic for the most part uh, outside of the Michigan fans spamming our comment section the last, you know, 48, <laughs> 72 hours. Uh, but thank hey, you guys. For the clicks. For, yes, that's exactly what I wanted to respond. Thanks for the clicks. Thanks for the ad money. Uh, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you uh, next year in Bloomington. But anyway, I, Thank you to to the fans who read. I, I want to take a minute to thank uh, our the the great staff we have at Hoosier Huddle. TJ, you do a tremendous job. Evan McShane uh, with his power rankings uh, and his features earlier in the year. Uh, we have Nathan Comp, who's done a fantastic job. He's one of our student interns. Riley Comp uh, has stepped up big time. Laura Lee Shallow as well. Uh, Terrific job uh, with their work. I can't thank them enough for their efforts this year uh, as well. And I know I'm probably other people, but uh, our, our team's pretty big, a little small outlet. Uh, but you know, you guys work tremendously hard, and uh, I, I appreciate it and can't thank you guys enough uh, for the work that you do. But anyway, keep following us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Uh, website is HoosierHuddle.com. We'll have all your bucket game uh, information, lots of great content coming out this week on the bucket game. We've been waiting a year for this, and uh, I don't want to push my week off from work, uh, but uh, Saturday is going to be, uh, be a fun one to get ready for. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? 
The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.